0: Mama, do you remember the first time I asked you to make a podcast? Well, would it surprise you to know that my memory is failing me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's but, exactly why we've recorded everything. <laughs> did I even know what a podcast was? Um, I think you asked me if it was
0: like a blog. I, yeah, I probably did. But I had listened you know, to a number without realizing that that's what they were.
1: And look at you now. You're like a podcast aficionado, maker, and promoter. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, You're nice, (laughs) and you're funny, and sometimes you're funny without knowing you're nice and funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best kind, isn't it? So now do you remember the time I asked you to make a podcast? No, I still don't remember. Oh, I can tell you what you said. Oh, please Please do. What if I don't have any good advice? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. You were very nervous. Like, what if I don't have the answers? And I was like, Mom, it's not about the answers. It's about the questions.
2: Do you feel? Do you feel? Confused to dumb on your luck? You got a big life question. I feel kind of stuck. Maybe you could use an encouraging hug Or an extra heaping dose of some motherly love Well, I'd like to introduce you to my Mama Bee She's a therapist with a PhD Prepare yourself to feel a lot more calm Cause it's time for Advice from Mom
1: So, Mom, I'd like to formally welcome you to our 40th episode of Advice from Mom. That's
0: a hard uh, idea to wrap my mind around that it's our 40th.
1: Wow. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Lordy, lordy, look who's 40. Advice (laughs) from Mom. (laughs) So if that's hard to wrap your mind around, is it going to be even harder to wrap your mind around this being the final episode? A little
0: bit, but... I guess I've had some chance to get used to the idea and and now I've already I've already committed time to other projects so you're already booked up. I, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at enclosure. <laughs> In fact, I feel more comfortable once I know, you know, this is you know, this is the finito, this is the final and then I can
1: work around that and plan around that. So we've gotten a lot of questions about why we're stopping Mm -hmm. uh, when we've seemingly hit our advice show stride. And so I just, I want to take a minute to get into that because I think you always say, Mama, that the only problems are the ones we can't talk about. Exactly. And I know for us, like the process of making this decision to end the show was, I don't know if premeditated is the right word, but it was informed. We made it an informed decision. Right. And a lengthy decision and um, a a thoughtful decision. Yeah. And I think Advice for Mom is one of the many creative projects that we all have going on. And when I say we, I mean you and me and Juliet, our producer, um, the the three women that make Advice for Mom. And as our lives have gotten busier and other projects have grown, uh, basically life Life has changed <laughs> since we started the show two years ago. It changes so fast. It's,
0: um, it is sometimes hard to keep up emotionally with how fast life changes. Yeah, being flexible ain't easy. But I'm trying to get better at it. Um, I was just saying to one of my clients the other day that I think that flexibility is the best Indication of high intelligence. So, well, it's a little bit self-serving, I <laughs> suppose. But, um, but I think that flexibility to or uh, ability to stay fluid is a huge asset in any any life situation, and especially when things are changing quickly, or maybe in
1: uh, changing in an unexpected direction. And part of what I'm trying to incorporate into this time of change is um, I'm trying to be more realistic, yeah and trying to be productive. <laughs> I mean, of course I want to do everything, but uh, being more logical about it, I realize that that's not possible. So over the last couple months, I've been revisiting my priorities for life and my projects and also how much I do or don't prioritize sleep. boy. <laughs>
0: I know one woman um here in Pittsburgh area who's very, very glad to hear that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is she related to me? And some might say, like, I look like I'm a spawn of her rib. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. <laughs> and how do you feel about it? I feel like I don't want to gloss over this end. You know, I I I don't want to be like, okay, cool, it's down on to the next thing. I I know that this is the right time to end the show but the show and all of our listeners have been really important to me mm-hmm. so I want to do this in a very thoughtful and purposeful way
0: and give real clear messages I guess
1: yeah yeah I mean I think my other creative projects that I've had before collaborative projects like having two bands before this I I ended quite badly <laughs> I I ended them horribly, in fact. I ended them, like, worse than I broke up with romantic partners. So I felt like ending this creative project, I wanted to do it thoughtfully and also, like, ending it while it still feels good and fun. um, And not letting things, like, kind of spiral into, like, stress and frustration and uh, obligation.
0: Well, you know, it uh, it's certainly one of life's lessons, isn't it? When we have enough life experience, we go, "Okay, I'm going to make a conscious decision about this one," mm-hmm. and that is to da 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 da.
1: <laughs> I think I think the other way that this was different this this ending was that it was a team decision. You know, like I talked to you and I talked to our producer mm-hmm. Juliet, who is mm-hmm. my creative partner in making the show. And we all decided we wanted to end on a high note. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to this episode, which, dear listeners, we have composed as a super nostalgic thank you note and love letter to you. And
0: also a love letter to all of our second opinion guests as well.
1: Yes, and if any of our second opinion guests are also listeners, wow. Yes, thank you for listening and contributing. And I also want to say, because this is advice from mom, and we do have a reputation for being a bit kooky, this grand finale will have fireworks in the form of an 80s TV show flashback scene, jingles amongo, and more wise words from Mama B. <sighs>
0: You think she still has some more?
1: <laughs> not if she starts talking in third person. Uh, oh no, probably not. Then she's probably no. the, sign, the wisdom is all out, and <laughs> she's just seeing herself as a distant sphere of being. <laughs> <laughs> but we do actually need to get a third person here, <laughs> right? We need the team. We need the team, and this show would not be possible without the amazing producing of my creative partner and all things advice for mom, Juliette Heinle.
0: Yes, Juliette.
1: <laughs> Hello.
3: Hi, Juliette. So good to be with you. It's so nice to talk to you. It is so good to hear your voice in real time, not just as I edit your voice for hours and hours and hours. I think you forgot an hours there. <laughs>
1: So, Mom, I know that you and Juliet are old pals now because um, not only has Juliet spent hours and hours and hours and hours listening and editing your voice, but you guys also met up in Pittsburgh. We sure did. We had a lovely
3: lunch together, and Jerry was there too. Yes, I got the full Bortman family experience, Mama Bee and Papa b And it was so nice. I really—when— uh, when we were leaving that afternoon, I was like, what if we moved to Pittsburgh? But we had just, you know, moved into a new place in Michigan. So I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. But you live in an amazing city. Thank you. I, we think so, too. Go
1: Pittsburgh! We got the Pirates, the Pens, and the Steelers. Go ahead and
3: pick your sport, and we got you covered. Just don't like basketball. <laughs> that has been my um, unexpected, most favorite thing of making this show, I think, is uh, getting to dip into a little bit of Pittsburghese. That's
1: funny that you say that, Julia, because uh, it's been a, a new uh, a new release for me to know that people actually want to hear me do my uh, native tongue. <laughs> um, okay, so Mama, down to business because we're not just here to catch up about Pittsburgh. We, oh, did you get that pun? <laughs> catch up about Pittsburgh. Everyone knows, right, that Heinz Ketchup is from Pittsburgh? Okay. Um, we're, but we're not. We're not just here to reminisce about Pittsburgh. We are here to reminisce about our show. Yes. I'm very excited to do so, too. So, Mama. Becca. Did you know that Julietta and I don't just both love making this show? We have a, a mutual love from our childhoods, and it's a show called Saved by the Bell. Have have you ever heard of Saved by the Bell, Mom? I remember you watching it. Do you remember that? Of course. Because I remember it being against the rules to watch television on our house, and I snuck watch it. Oh, you could watch TV. Don't be silly. 30 minutes of PBS. Yeah, well, PBS was,
0: you know, our, our, our um, tried and true station,
1: but you watched a lot of other stuff. Added, added to the pile of childhood discrepancies, but anyways... Uh, Juliet, would you like to explain what Saved by the Bell is and in your amazing mind-reading way why I bring up this non-sequitur at this exact moment?
3: Yeah, so Mama Beat, well, it sounds like maybe you caught a little bit of Saved by the Bell uh, back in the day when Rebecca was maybe sneak-watching it or maybe perfectly allowed to watch it, (laughs) who knows. Um, Yeah, Saved by the Bell was a sitcom about some high schoolers in California, and it was filmed in the late 80s and the early 90s, but it lived on forever, and I think it still does as reruns on, I'm not even sure what channel anymore, but when Rebecca and I were kids, it played after school, and it was just a show about This group of friends and their crazy antics and things like driver's ed and school dances and football games. Really, like, totally inane stuff. But um, they did occasionally touch on some more serious topics. I'm thinking about the episode about drug use. I smell
1: pot. You smell it? Yeah.
3: They get to film a, like, don't-do-drugs ad campaign, but then oh, the movie star in the episode, like, tries to get them to use drugs at the party, or um, there's an episode about homelessness, and...
4: You live here in the mall? Oh No, no, I just stopped in to do a little Christmas shaving. Kind of makes me look like uh, Santa Claus, don't you think? Nah, he's fat. He eats breakfast.
3: And they would... Like, do science experiments, and there would be an episode that was sort of about an environmental issue of some sort. Rebecca reminded me of one about an oil spill with a duck, and the duck was named Becky.
4: Zach, Becky's dead. No.
5: No. Aww.
3: Which was my name at the time? You used to
1: answer to Becky? hmm I used to be a Becky. That should be the title of my autobiography. <laughs> it sounds like a mean girl story, but it wasn't. <laughs> Um, So I have to point out that the main character, Zach, Zach Morris, um, there's lots of feelings on him. Some people feel that Zach Morris is trash, but that's its own uh, web series. But I will say that Zach had a very fun band that was called Zach Attack, Hmm. which I I think, um, you know,
3: amongst other things, maybe inspired some of my musical ambitions. Hmm. I have a horribly embarrassing thing to tell you about. Zack Attack, the band. Mm-hmm. When I was in second grade, which is around the time I started watching Saved by the Bell, I think, I did not know that Zack Attack was not a real band. And I went to the record store in my hometown and I asked for the Zach Attack record. <laughs> <laughs> Found out <laughs> that it did not exist, that that band was only on a TV show. Aww. And I was like, my second grade self was so embarrassed. Oh, it's so
0: easy to embarrass a second grader, isn't it? I feel over it, Um,
3: though I do remember it. So, you know.
1: <laughs> so, Mom, we still haven't told you why we are reminiscing so very hard about Saved by the Bell right now.
3: Please tell me. Saved by the Bell would maybe once a season or so, have these flashback episodes where all the main characters of the show would meet up at their favorite teen hangout, which was this place called The Max, which was a diner, like, super 1950s style, and the only waiter, apparently this giant diner, had just one waiter, and they were best friends with him, and he would, like, come and take their order, and then they would start talking about, like, oh, remember that one time?
4: Well, we sure shared a lot of memories today.
3: We've
1: had a lot of great times together.
3: And they would just, like, dip back in to old episodes and travel back in time. So that's what we want to do with you today, Mama.
1: Sounds like it would be very uh, right on the money right now. Okay, so this is so here's the format. We're going to play one of our favorite clips from the show. Okay. We're going to tell everyone why we loved it and what we learned, because that's an important part of a montage show. Um, and because of... Mine and Juliet's love for Zach Attack, uh, we are going to be singing throughout the episode. I know I promised an all-jingle episode. You will be singing, Rebecca. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but uh, I know I, I, I just want to say I know I promised an all-jingle episode, but I do realize that that would be all annoying. So it's not going to be all jingles. It's going to uh, just be right the just-to-right the amount of jingles, starting out with a rewrite, Mom that probably won't have the significance to you that it does for our listeners who have listened to Save by the Bell. But I just want to say, like,
2: it's all right because I'm saved by It's all right because I'm saved by the... It's I'm good advice.
1: Yeah! <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, um, Julia, do you want to kick us off with your one of your favorite clips from Making Advice for Mom?
3: The one that... I kept coming back to was one from my favorite series that we all made, which was the Meet the Matriarchy series uh, that we did for Mother's Day month this past May. And on one of those episodes, we featured drag queen Peaches Christ. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that episode, Mama B? Sure. Yeah.
4: I would say since I have asked about drag performers and people interested in the arts and kind of pursuing um, a creative career, I do think a, a big secret to my success was not to view it as a career, but to, to view it as a, like a lifestyle choice and to – to, to try to make money, obviously, we got to pay the bills, but to pursue the things that make you happy, to really invest in the things that are actually exciting to you, to not look around and try to follow the trend, but kind of become the trend and really follow your heart and your gut, which I know is easier said than done. And it's cheesy to say, but I find a lot of people don't actually pursue the thing that makes them excited. What a
3: great quote. Isn't it? Yeah. So I, I mean, the thing that I love so much about that is the kind of balance of optimism and practicality. Like don't just think of it as a career choice. Like it's a, I think Peaches called it a lifestyle choice, but I would also call it a lifestyle commitment. You just have to know that like you're kind of in for some really, hard work, but that like investing in what excites you is ultimately what will bring you closest to happiness. Absolutely. It's well worth the effort. Uh, now there's a good mama bee phrase. It's well worth the effort. Hear that one. Love that. Mm-hmm. Another mama Beeism comes to mind right now. Um, lower your expectations. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I think that I think that that's a little bit what Peaches was talking about there, not to lower your standards, but just to rethink about how you're going to get there so that it's totally doable. And
0: truly, flattery does get you everywhere. What can I do for you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can record a podcast. I'm doing it, honey. Um, okay, uh, with those giggles in mind, is it okay if I bring in a quote that kind of downers the mood a bit? Sure. I'll allow it. So this clip is from Eve R. Meyer, who at the time was the executive director of San Francisco Suicide Prevention. And since airing this clip, she's retired after 30 years. Amazing. Um, so when she was on our show, she was responding to a letter from someone who had lost their father to suicide, um... And I, I was incredibly moved by her advice when I recorded it. And a couple months later, as listeners who have been with us for a while know, I found out that this advice was actually really applicable to me as
6: well.
5: I want to talk about what happens when a suicide happens in a family. Usually, when a death happens you get a lot of support from your neighbors. They bring you casseroles, they call you, they come around a lot. You don't get that kind of support when you have a suicide in the family. People become very nervous, they stay away, they don't know what to say, so they don't say anything, they don't hug you, they leave you very much alone. So as a family, as a family member, to go through the experience of mourning a suicide without the support that somebody would get if the father had died of cancer, if your father had been in a terrible traffic accident, is a very different kind of experience. Even though a suicide is both a death by illness and a terrible accident, all wrapped in one. And you never get a normal period of grieving, you never get normal supports, and you get absolutely no casseroles.
1: Whew, okay. (laughs) Um, Eve's advice about the grieving periods around suicide really... Uh, impacted me when I found out that my sperm donor biological father had committed suicide. Wow. Um, yeah. And I think I'm still, e- well, not, I won't say, even though it's months later, I mean, things like that I've learned can take years to process. And the fact that I never knew him <laughs> and that I have so many missing pieces of my own story are still complicating the situation greatly. But to think about suicide in a new way and to have done an episode about the stigma around suicide and how um, so many family members <laughs> that my biological father had but probably well, undoubtedly had years of grief trying to deal with it Um, really, really influenced my, the way I stepped through the situation and I, yeah, I feel a new kinship with, with this advice and I, maybe that, maybe that's my homework for this last episode is to circle back with my favorite guest Eve (laughs) and tell her how much her advice meant to me because yeah, it's, I've listened to that advice now multiple times knowing that that is part of my own story.
0: Wow, that would be so nice if you told her. And, and tell her your, your mom also was very, very,
3: oh, profoundly touched by what she had to say. Eve's advice around, around all of that was just so committed to breaking down those, those stigmas. I'm, I'm so happy that you know, we got to have her on the show. Yeah, me too.
1: <sighs> yeah, and I mean I think um one of the big lessons that I've learned in making the show is that I I think I kind of I I came into to making the show thinking like, ooh, my mom's going to solve problems for people. <laughs> I'm going to put her to work getting mm-hmm, her solving mm-hmm. more problems. <laughs> and mm-hmm. almost always the takeaway from the advice is that the person has to make their own decisions. And that it's not so much about always trying to heal the wound, but it's trying to make that first baby step towards understanding what what the wound is all about. Oh,
0: yeah! I'm so glad. I'm so glad, sweetie. And and you, um, you you were very uh, true to yourself.
1: Well, I mean, I was learning about myself. <laughs> I had. Made a promise to do that on the mic. So thanks for being up for that. Um, and also thank you to the listeners that reached out that really that meant so much to me. Um, but uh, let's let's bring the mood, let's bring the mood up a bit, shall we? Mom, what do you have to play? Uh, so one of my favorite quotes
0: comes from Emily Chang. And, you know, what I like so much about what Emily Chang has to say is that she is truly talking about female empowerment and women who have tough issues in the workplace and how to address them.
1: Yeah. So in this clip, Emily Chang is talking about inequality in the industry that she covers as a journalist uh, on Bloomberg TV.
6: um, And she mostly covers the tech industry. Ev Williams, who is the co-founder of Twitter, told me that he thinks online harassment and trolling wouldn't be such a problem if women had been involved in the early days. He said they weren't thinking about it. You know, they were thinking about wonderful and amazing things that could be done with Twitter, not how it could be used to send death threats or rape threats or harass an author who's trying to make a statement about equality. You know, I think this is not just a a Silicon Valley issue, but it is a cultural problem that society really needs to address. But the message of the book is is really, it's not too late to change this. And the smartest people in the world, quote unquote, the people who are changing the world in so many other ways, I think they can change this too. This problem is not too big for them. Not at all. I mean, this is an industry that has never shied away from hard problems, whether it is connecting the world or organizing the world's information or getting us to mars you know if we can go to mars and build self-driving cars we can hire more women and pay them fairly so many people have said oh this is too hard we don't know what to do about it i interviewed an investor who is investing in outer space and nuclear energy and he said i don't know what to do about this i'm like that answer is not good enough here's 300 pages on what you can do about it um and at this point, I think ignorance can only be willful. We can no longer say, oh, we didn't understand how big a problem this was or we didn't know what to do about it. There are lots of things that everybody can do about it starting today.
0: Yeah, um, that was excellent, Rebecca. And she then after that, she talks about the idea that we can all help. How can we help? And she says... Speak up when you see something unjust happening or inequality happening, when a woman is being interrupted repeatedly, um, or a woman is being uh, treated inappropriately, whether it's sexually or or some other way. Um, speak up, because at that moment, the victim is not always able to speak up for a variety of reasons. So anyway, I'm just delighted that it's finally out in the open and so many victims are having so much support in standing up and speaking out and really pushing
3: for justice. So Mama B, it sounds like one of the reasons that Emily's advice really captured you that way was because it captures kind of the immense change that has happened not only in the last, like, 30 years, but even just in the last three years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, people people are
0: speaking up. Women are going out to vote. Women are running for Congress and for all kinds of uh, positions of political, uh, political office. So I'm very proud of all those women
1: who are fighting the good fight. And men, too. Which actually uh, leads perfectly in, into what we wanted to do next, which is honor thy mothers. <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't be here without you. And uh, I think one of the the big takeaways of the show that I've had, and also just these bigger social movements, is that uh, a lot of our success is built on on the success of the generations before us, and and learning from. The older generations, and um, I know that Juliet and I, mom, we just as as the uh, as the mother in the room, we want to say thank you, and uh, and we hope that we've we hope this show is an an honor to you and lots of other mothers. Thank you. I know
3: it is. I I, I am sure it is. I just wanted to add thank you to Mama B for being at least. From my perspective, I know I'm not your daughter, so I know that my involvement in this is very different. Um, but for being so flexible along the way, and I know it has taken a lot um, from you to make this show, and, and you know, preparing for every single episode, all of the research and reading and gathering resources for these people, you know, that you will never meet, but whose um, whose problems you're really helping, you know, you're really helping people work work through these things. So just thank you for being up for kind of translating what you already do into this totally other foreign format. I got so
0: much back from doing the podcast in so many different ways. I, I, I just, uh, and in fact, a couple more segments that I have uh, chosen to uh, have our dear listeners here um, kind of gives uh, clarity about what things I got back and what, what things I mm. think uh, a lot of our guests and second opinions gave to our listeners. So if you want me to, mm-hmm. I can go ahead with that.
1: Well, actually, Mom, we thought uh, we would surprise you one last time, okay? And we would take all those clips that you found, and we would make them into a song. Oh, lordy! <laughs> are you are you are you up for that? Sure. The only thing I like more than surprising my mom is Saved by the Bell style
2: flashbacks. Here are the Top 10 Most Momtastic Moments of Advice from Mom. Are you the kind of person who gets emotionally clamped When you hear good quotes set over music, I hope so, cause that's where this montage is going. Let's start. With Esther Perel in episode 14 When she teaches us about
4: vulnerability When someone has that kind of a reaction against it, it's because it actually scares them. And why does it scare them? Because somewhere they have the idea that if you're not strong, the only thing on the other side is weak and a puddle. And fragile and brittle, rather than strong, has brittle in it.
2: Damn straight girl! Relationships were so big on the show. Whoa, whoa, not just romantic ones, but also collaborative ones. Like the Kitchen Sisters episode 8. You know, you have to look at both sides. You have to look at yourself. I Actually, I think that's probably the most productive thing. And kind of grappling with collaboration is looking into yourself and seeing how, um, have you stepped up? You know, have you done all the things you could do that make it as easy for your collaborator to be in a good mood and work with you and feel positive? Do you want to change someone who loves you well at? Got some moms you should talk to. Wise Moms of Pittsburgh, episode six, take it away. Because
5: I think it's a very unfortunate or perhaps fortunate reality that you can't change other people. You can want to. You can think you know what's best. You can think you have the solution to improve another's life. You can know how to fix things, but you cannot make this happen. There's an old joke in the therapy world that goes something like this. How many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is none. The light bulb has to want to change.
2: Would you believe that that's the only therapy joke I've recorded to date? I think therapists are better with words that carry weight. Like the white... Episode
0: 38 Getting rejection messages from someone you love is processed in the same part of your brain and in the same way as stepping on a nail. It's basically dangerous and painful. Your brain processes that rejection message in the same way and in the same part of the brain as physical pain.
2: Dang, that makes so much sense. You know what makes rejection slightly better Hearing a story about how a successful person once experienced rejection I'm talking about McKenna Watkins, episode 9
4: when I got to SNL, I had a sketch that went really well at the table read, and then it went so, so, so at the dress rehearsal, and I think it was cut, and it probably didn't make it into the live show. And one of the producers said to me, he made me watch Will Ferrell's first sketches on their, on their server that they have. And I was watching them, and, and I was like, oh, God, this is so funny. Why am I watching this? And he goes, is anybody laughing? And I was like, No. Nobody's laughing. And he said, because they didn't know who he was yet. So he was as funny as the Will Ferrell that you know right now. But nobody was reacting because it was a new voice. It was a new rhythm. It was a new tempo. And audiences' ears weren't tuned to it yet.
2: You know who's got great tuned ears And a voice that is second to none no, not me. Ruth Pointer from episode 21. I love things in life that kind of surprise you, you know? I feel like the Pointer Sisters are a surprise. We never planned or sort of bred ourselves, as these groups do nowadays, to become this thing that we are. We were just four little girls having fun and, and doing music, and someone told us, you know, you could get paid for that. And we were like, oh, really? Okay. Let's unfold such interesting ways that sometimes it's hard to prep but Anna Sale from episode 31 reminds us to take baby steps
1: so instead of thinking about like how do I go on a date with the intention to like commit or how do I make sure this next job is the one that I'm gonna make a career at like I would start with like the simple thing of like Seeing what it
3: feels like to have a house plant. what does it feel like to have to live in a place where you feel like maybe you're going to make some investments from Home Depot or Lowe's because you're going to be here for a while. Like, what does it feel like to build that and does it feel comfortable? Um, And then I think
1: the other bigger things will become less daunting. All of a sudden,
2: you'll sort of look up and realize that you're building a life whatever struggles you face whatever trials you trip you lay I hope you find the fortitude like Nagin Farsad and her sunny mood that we featured in episode 32
6: can I just say like like from a mental health perspective I my approach to everything is aggressive delightfulness mm-hmm. because I can't engage in like rage and escalation uh, anymore. And I probably, I actually never really could.
2: All right, aggressive delight. We've had so many delightful women on the show. But only one that I know of who President Obama likes to quote. I'm talking Dolores Huerta, episode 28 Here she passes along some advice from her mom
4: And the other thing is when you see someone that needs help it's your obligation to help them if you possibly can don't wait to be asked and don't expect a reward uh, for helping somebody else Or, or don't expect gratitude either you, when you do help someone, you do it uh, for the grace of having the ability to help them. And those are all things that I, I take to heart.
2: Dolores I take it to heart too And then I like to set it At
5: some point in your life, given your experiences, you may be yourself an important resource to other people. You yourself are walking around with a data bank of experience and questions and later on answers that you can reach out and help other people with. So never forget how important you yourself are given what you have walked through. Never dismiss that.
2: Never dismiss that. Oh, wow. It wasn't that a happening tune.
0: <laughs> we'll leave it to you, Rebecca, to create a funky and relevant an entertaining song, set of songs. I like it. It really, it encapsulates, it integrates so many
1: just wonderful pieces of wisdom in in one song. So we can't uh, we can't just leave our listeners thinking that we're just going into the abyss and never never talking about advice again. We need to we need to tell them what we're up to next. And um, mom, I know on our Second to last episode, you said that you were looking forward to organizing your jewelry drawer. Is there anything else you're looking forward to? (laughs) You quote me even when I'm fooling around, right?
0: Those are the best quotes. I'm looking forward to um, getting back to the gym and uh, pickleball and um, just uh, I've got a ton of new clients and uh, I'm just exploring a lot of new things. It's uh, the, doing the podcast has given me a fresh, uh, a fresh approach to my career,
1: and uh, that's really a gift. Wow! Yeah, really, it really has. Yeah. And so Juliet, you've got some exciting future plans, and you've also been doing some exciting things whilst making advice for mom. Not that that's not exciting, but you know, you've added additional <laughs> excitement to
3: your professional resume. Yeah, I want to hear. So, as far as you know, what's what's coming up next for me? I am uh, I'm about to start a pretty big local project here in Ipslandi, Michigan, where I live now. Um, and then I'm I don't have uh, paperwork signed for for the thing that's not local, so I don't want to say something about it yet. I don't want to jinx it. Um, so. I will just say that, uh, yes. Next, what I'm up to next are some more freelance projects, um, and and it,
1: while Juliet has been making this podcast, she has also been making a podcast that has uh, been a a heroine and a protector and a um, defender. What would be a good way to say it? Defender. A defender. For many, for many women, by telling by telling their story, can you tell can you tell our audience, Juliette, a little bit about what you've been up to wa- whilst making
3: advice for mom? Sure. Um, yeah. So I've I've spent the last couple months producing a podcast series for Michigan Radio and NPR called Believed, and it was all about the women who brought down Larry Nassar, who uh, sexually assaulted his clients who were all young girls and young women for the better part of, you know, 20 plus years. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Good for you. Wow. What an important mission.
3: Like I, I was just a producer, you know, I like, you know, built the episodes and put music under them and, and did sound design. Kate and Lindsay, who are the hosts of the show, they are the ones who are in the trenches reporting with these women. And you know, then, of course, it's like the 500 plus women uh, who are survivors of Larry Nassar. You know, it is their story. And that is something that I just so appreciated about the way Kate and Lindsay um, really wrote and framed, believed, was to center their voices. It was all about their experience of surviving that and, and moreover, their experience of winning justice in the largest sexual assault lawsuit in history. So the the full episode, the full series of that is out now and you can find that in Apple Podcasts. It's again it's called Believed. It's amazing. It is amazing. So Rebecca,
0: the question goes back to you. What are you planning to do next?
1: Um, I am planning to um, relax more, not <laughs> yeah. stress. Work on zero podcasts at three a.m. That is one of my plans for 2019. Yes. Um, but then I'm already kind of getting like enticed. Like I have a uh, a lot of dreams for my band. I want to do amazing things with my band this year. We just booked a Valentine's Day show, so I want to do amazingly funny things with people dressed up like cupid that's one of the things i want to also like dress a real child up like cupid aka have a baby so i want to do that i don't know how like what storks i have to talk to to make that happen but (laughs) um i'm gonna try to talk to all the storks in 2019 um, and then just, you know, stretch goal and am- overly ambitious, I have a dream of making a rock opera podcast. So I might be back to making 3am podcasts someday soon. Wow. Um, but we'll see. It's just a kind of future future dream to throw that one out there. Yeah. to uh, get the title of overly ambitious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's exciting. You know, I want to be very respectful and I don't want to be one of those pushy parents who says, you know, I'm waiting to be a grandparent and all that. And you know I'm not. So, I mean, I love doing it. I love doing it and I'm trying to work out arrangements to become a a online therapist so that when I come Hmm. to San Francisco for extended periods, I can... I can do so um, and still make some money and still keep my clients from, you know, from going to any deep ends and stuff. So, yeah, that's
3: it's absolutely, absolutely. I think I'd make a nice grandma. Mama B, I think Peaches Christ would approve of that moving to San Francisco plan. It sounds so dreamy yet practical <laughs> <laughs> right
1: especially in today's economy right and don't quit your day job elizabeth which actually um mom if if uh, our listeners hear this and they're like wait hold on are you kidding me they're probably thinking are you shitting me i could be seeing mama b as my own therapist are you actually you're going to are you going to take new clients once you're set up for doing web therapy uh,
0: absolutely. But um, I think there are a number of uh, if, ands, or buts.
1: And uh, I'm working on those. But um, eventually, yes, absolutely.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you don't know when um, Comedy Central is going to ask us to do a comedic interpretation of Advice from Mom on their, on their <laughs> television station. <laughs>
0: Beautiful dreamers, wake unto me. <laughs> Starlight and dewdrops are waiting for me. Okay, I do have one more thing, Rebecca. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Most of all, I'm grateful to Becca. And in order to say a special thanks to her, I've written an ode to Becca. Oh my gosh, are you uh, kidding me? I, no, I'm not kidding you. And I'm I'm hoping that <laughs> oh it embarrasses gosh. you. Yes. Uh, already complete. Already embarrassed. Julia, what do you think? Should I should I go ahead and embarrass her uh, at length?
3: I think you should because there are very few episodes of this whole series that I can even remember where Rebecca didn't surprise you with something and catch you totally off guard. So I think it's only fair. E- okay,
1: mm-hmm. uh, Juliet, you're forgetting that I ins- I spent my entire childhood surprised and embarrassed by my mom. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds to me like a tug
0: of war, like a. Um, do you think? Do you think? Okay. Um, okay. Rebecca, let's hear this Rebecca, ode.
1: Let's let's you get pull off the
0: embarrassment band aid. You can leave. You can leave the room if you want, but the, le- at least our dear <laughs> listeners can hear my ode.
1: Okay, and now here is Mama Bee's Ode in its entirety, unedited. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: She brings us exciting teachers. She injects her joy and exuberance to every podcast. She tells us about our defenders. She gives us so much to admire and be grateful for. She has a very personalized approach. And when she's helping someone, she will give time to that person, even when she does not have time to spare. She found us Juliet, whose creative skills have helped tremendously. She helped me tremendously to blossom as a podcaster and advice giver. She made me realize that I can have so much fun while I'm still in my PJs. That's it.
1: That's it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's really cute, Mom. Thanks. You're welcome, sweetie. Um, I'm just, uh, it was really, thank you. You're uh, welcome. I, I, I will, I will bite my tongue not to um, have any snarky comebacks to it, and I will just take it with gratitude and say thank you.
0: You're very welcome. And thanks to all our, pre- all our second opinions and uh, all our guests. Uh, so many, so many have written books and uh, done amazing podcasts and um, shared their stories with us. Thank you all so much.
1: Way to bring it back (laughs) around, mama! Yes. Thank you to all of our guests. And thank you to all of our listeners. Yes. Without you, this show would not have been a show. So thank you for sending in all your really thoughtful letters, asking advice on your big life questions. Mm -hmm. And we loved getting to dig into those questions with you. And it was really, truly an honor to be invited into your life in that way. Thank you.
0: And it's so touching when you share with us, have shared with us, your life details and what's going on in your everyday life, and what is worrying you or what what is making it uh, is acting as a barrier for you. We we so thank you. That's such, in a way, intimate information, and we so appreciate you sharing it with us.
1: Such a big thank you. And
0: we started this show
1: because we wanted to amplify the voices of wise motherly wisdom. And I think uh, at some point we started to kind of take on this cause of expanding the definition of mothering. (laughs) So looking at it not just as a noun or an assignment, but also as a verb. And I think everyone who's been involved in the show has helped us to do that. I do
0: so think that we were inspired to expand our way of thinking about all the people involved in this effort. And I guess the idea that we women empower each other in all kinds of different ways, yeah, including
1: in a mother role, uh, it's so exciting. And we've learned, we've learned so much making this show, and we hope that you have too. So, uh, yeah, I guess kind of like last week, I'm ha- we're kind of having trouble saying goodbye.
0: I, I think that's it, truly. Yeah, it is hard to say goodbye.
1: Should we, Let's just consciously do it. Let's, any farewell remarks that you want to leave our dear listeners with, Mama?
0: Well, it, it's almost hard for me to put into words um, how profoundly I've been a- affected by this experience. But let me reassure you that every time I give advice or give input or give my ideas, it is also useful to me, and it's what makes every day uh, working with clients, working with this podcast, um, it makes every day feel like it's a spiritual mission and uh for that reason I really appreciate it very very deeply. Hmm. That's so nice, mama. It's a little hard to put into words really, but um we'll try anyway.
1: Yes, and we've got a lot of thank yous to put into words. But first, I want to tell you that Advice for Mom has been a production of Wise Ones Advice Services. It was produced by Juliette Heinley and me, Rebecca Garza-Bortman. Star talent by Elizabeth Skabinski-Bortman. Editing and sound design by Juliet Heinley. Mixing and mastering by Jake Young. Audio assistance by Brian Garza. And our theme music is by my band, Love Jerks. All of our episodes have been archived on our website with still the coolest name in the biz, advicefrom.mom. Also, you'll be able to find links to all of Mama B's helpful resources, things, everything she's suggested out through the whole entire show. So many resources, and we really hope that they are useful to you and your loved ones in the future. I'd like to say a huge, huge thank you to Juliette Heinley for taking a chance on me and my mom. Not only were you the best guest that this ending episode could have ever dreamed for, but you have put so much tireless work into making this entire series. And there have been so many deadlines and you meet all of them. I adore you. I really do. Thank you so much for being my, my partner in making this show. It was such a journey, and it would not have sounded nearly as good without you. So thank you. Thank you for taking a chance on me. A special thank you to Jocelyn Frank, who introduced me and Juliet. Be sure to check out Jocelyn's sound scene at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. this summer. And thanks to all the radio giants and ladios and ladies of radios who have helped us with tape sinks around the country. Thank you to every single guest that we have had on Advice for Mom. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your time so generously. This show would also not be possible without the generous, loving support of our friends and loved ones. Our husbands, Jerome, Naruz, and Brian. Our friends, Millie, Zach, Stephanie, Marianne, Sam Aland, Lisa, Sissy, Annie B, Aviva, Sydney, Kate, Emily, Michael, Sadia, Avery, Reba, Serena, Ginny, Jane, Blair, Natalie, Elliot, Amy, Allie, Mary Lynn, Diana, Diane, Lonnie, Geraldine, and I'd also like to send a hug out to my sisters of Sordid Varieties, Laura, Cheryl, Sylvia, and Heather. Oh my gosh, no, it's not a jab, Mom. It's an opportunity for you to quote one of your favorite songs. What's that? We belong to a mutual (laughs)
6: admiration (laughs) society.
0: A baby and me.